Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you so much, worship team. Great job this morning. We're going to mess around and have church in here. What a uh, sweet, sweet spirit in this place. So very thankful that God has allowed us to meet with him this morning. See, folks, um, I love meeting with all of you. That's always a great blessing to see my brothers and sisters in Jesus. But when I come together with all of you to worship, I like meeting with him. I like experiencing his power, his presence. Man, it's so refreshing. It's life-changing. And I'm so very thankful for that this morning. Take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn with me to Luke chapter number 8. Luke chapter 8. I'm struggling this morning because I really want to preach all of Luke chapter 8 to you, but time will just not allow that. Because Luke chapter 8 is one of my absolute favorite scriptures in all the Word of God. If you look to the Luke chapter number 8, you see exactly who Jesus is. And so even though we're not going to preach um, all the way through the chapter this morning, I want to encourage you and invite you uh, to take some time in your quiet time this week and study it out for yourself. Allow God the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and life as you study through the 8th chapter of Luke. But you're going to see here that in Luke chapter 8, you first of all see in the first 18 verses how that Jesus is the master teacher. How many of you know he certainly is a master teacher, the master teacher? He teaches the parable of the sower. Now, child of God, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, been born again into the family of God, then you need to pay close attention to the parable of the sower because you need to understand and realize as believers, we're all called to sow the good seed of the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. And it's up to us as God's people, His saved and sanctified, to go out and serve Him by sharing God's precious Word. So we are to be sowers of the Gospel, sowers of God's Word into a lost and dying world. So we see the Master Teacher in verses 1 through 18. And then you're going to see in verses 22 through 25 that Jesus is God in the flesh. If you believe that this morning, say amen. See, you need to understand that Jesus is not only the Son of God, but He's also God the Son. He's the second in the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so we need to understand and know that Jesus has authority over all matter, over all natural things, for He created all matter, all natural things. And we see that right here in uh, Luke chapter number 8, starting in 22 and then ending in 25. Jesus actually uh, wakes up from being asleep in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee, stands up in the middle of the boat, and then the Bible says he rebukes the wind and the waves. Now, I don't know about you, but that excites me as a Christ follower. How many of you know that's my Jesus who speaks to the storm and the storm listens? That's my Jesus who can speak and, 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 and the winds obey him. The waves obey him. And that's what we see in verses 22 through 23. He had complete authority over the natural world. And then you'll see that not only does he have authority over the natural world, but he also has authority over supernatural things. Amen. And we see that in verses, uh, uh, really verse 26 through about verse 39. Jesus goes, the Bible says, to the country of the Gadarenes. And as soon as he gets off the boat, there's a man there who is possessed with demons, many demons. As a matter of fact, the demon calls himself Legion. And he says his name is Legion for we are many speaking through the man. And, and, and then you're going to see in the midst of that, when you look back on it, 
that these, these demons began begging Jesus not to throw them into the pit. Now, I, I love that. You need to understand and know, again, that's my Jesus that the demonic spirits have to ask that he doesn't torment them. And that's what they ask there in Luke chapter number 8. L let me share something with you, child of God. If you're here today and you've placed your faith in Christ and you know that you've been born again into the family of God, you should respect the power of Satan, but you don't have to fear the power of Satan. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And if you have trusted in Christ, he lives in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we see Jesus having complete authority over the natural world. We see Jesus having authority over the supernatural, the demonic spirits. And then we're going to see in our text, starting in verse number 40 through verse 56, that he has authority over sickness, disease, and even death. We'll see that this morning. Two people come to Jesus in verse number 40 and, um, and, and then again in, in verse number 42. And we're going to see this morning both of them were carrying some very heavy burdens. They come to Jesus with a burden and leave with a blessing. And so we need to take note of, of how all this happens because all of us, I'm sure, from time to time face burdens in our life. Look what it says in verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, and about, she was about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him, or the people pressed in upon him. There was a great multitude that was, was at, the, at that time following wherever Jesus went, many of them just to see the miracles that he did. Many of them were benefiting from the miracles that he did. But either way, however or whyever they were there, they were pressing upon him. The Bible says they thronged him, a great multitude of people. Verse 43, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately, everybody say immediately, her issue of blood was stanched or stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throngs or presses upon you. They press you and they, you say, who touched me? Now look what Jesus says in verse 46. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue or power is gone out of me. Now look at verse 47. And when the Bible saw that she was, and when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus recognized the touch of faith. And the touch of faith made all the difference in this woman's life. Everybody else was thronging around him and pressing upon him, and he recognized the touch of faith. That's important we see that. Then look at verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and, you shall, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden, 
And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, for she is not dead, but she sleeps. 53. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway and commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should not tell no man what was done. Isn't this amazing? That's my Jesus. He has authority over sickness and disease. He even has authority over death. I looked into the scriptures this week preparing for this message and I found out Jesus never went to a funeral that he didn't mess up. <laughs> Every funeral he ever went to, he messed it up. I mean, he went to the funeral of Lazarus. Lazarus had already been buried and in the tomb for three days and Jesus said Lazarus come forth and Lazarus came forth from the grave. There's a story about the widow of Nain's son who was dead and on his way to be buried and Jesus stopped the coffin, put his hand there upon the coffin and, and, and called the boy back to life. Then we see here Jairus' daughter. She was dead and Jesus spoke to her and brought her back to life. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are. Lord, I'm thankful that you're still speaking to people spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. I'm thankful this morning that you are willing and able to change hearts and change lives. I'm thankful that you still have authority over all natural things, all supernatural things, you have authority over sickness and disease. You have authority over even death. We, we praise you for who you are, how good you are, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need you today. I need you today. I cannot speak your truth effectively without your power, so I'm asking that you move me out of the way. You fill me up and pour me out. Use me today as your mouthpiece, speaking to these people by your power so that your work might be accomplished. Lord, I can't do it, but you can. So, Lord, we're trusting you. We're asking for grace and mercy, for you are able to do all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Show us this morning how we go from a place of burden to a place of blessing. In Christ's name, amen. Do you know what it's like to be under a heavy burden? I'm going to go out on a limb this morning and say that all of us probably know what it's like to be burdened by something, to carry around that heavy weight. Merriam-Webster defines burden as something that is carried or something that is oppressive or worrisome. Burdens come in different shapes, forms, and fashions for all of us. My burden might look different than your burden, and your burden might look different from my burden. Uh, they may have differing weights, but I can promise you burdens uh, many times it feels like they crush us. <laughs> it feels like they get upon us and we, we can't seem to climb out from under them. There can be physical burdens. We see that right here in the text that we've read this morning with the woman who had the issue of blood. There can also be emotional uh, burdens. Here you have a father whose heart is broken, first of all because his child is sick, and then he finds out that she dies. And so emotionally speaking, he's under a terrible burden. For those of you who are parents, 
You understand and know the greatest burden you can ever be under is when your children are suffering in some way. There's nothing that will tear a parent's heart out and cause that weight to crush them uh, than when that happens. And so we see both of this, a physical burden and an emotional burden. And, and we're going to see two different types of people this morning um, and, and what Jesus did in both of their lives. And so what I really want to do is share with you the contrasting differences and then the similarities between Jairus and the woman that's mentioned right here. First of all, the man that is mentioned, his name is Jairus. You may have heard him called Jairus, and that's fine too, however you never want, want to pronounce it, but it's, his name is really not important, but uh, the, the message that we see in this text, man, it's of great importance to each and every one of us if we want to learn how to go from a place of being burdened to a place of blessing. So the man's name is Jairus. The woman doesn't have a name. She's anonymous in Scripture. The Bible doesn't give us who she is, but man, it teaches us through her life and because of her faith a great lesson that we all ought to learn. You, you see Jairus, the Bible says that he was a ruler among the Jews. Jairus was on the top rung of the social ladder. He was a ruler among the Jewish people. He was a leader in the, in the temple there. And, and listen to me, folks. Jairus was very wealthy. The woman, on the other hand, she was a lowly person. I mean, she uh, was on the bottom rung of the social ladder. And the Bible says that she had spent all her living, all the money she had, going to doctors trying to get healed from the disease that was physically becoming or had been a burden in her life. And so I want you to know whether you are wealthy and on the top rung of the social ladder or whether you are a lowly person on the bottom rung of the social ladder, you need to understand and know we all have burdens. <laughs> Those that are up here have burdens. Those that are down here and anywhere in between, we all face burdens in this life. And listen to me, folks. We can and we all should bring those burdens to the feet of Jesus. That's what these people do. Jairus, knowing that he can't fix the situation, brings his burden to Christ and so does the woman. Jairus is interceding for his child. We find in verse number 42, the Bible says she was about 12 years old she was sick unto death and he was worried about um, his baby girl and so he came to Jesus praying that Jesus would do the work that only Jesus could do so he was interceding on behalf of another and then the woman comes to Jesus on her own behalf she comes seeking healing in her own body Jairus had been blessed with 12 years of joy with his daughter man I, I'm telling you something there is nothing that excites me more in this life, really, than being a dad. I love uh, being a dad. I enjoy um, having my three greatest blessings and what, what a blessing it is to be able to be a part of their life. And so I can understand how much Jairus is burdened and how much he loves his daughter when he comes to Jesus and asks for her healing. He had enjoyed 12 years of joy with his daughter, but the woman had enjoyed, or excuse me, had, had to endure 12 years of heartache with her physical sickness. So do you see the difference in these people? There's a lot of differences, different burdens for different people, and the same is true for you and I. We all face different things, different um, burdens that we all have to carry. Now, the similarities are both were in situations that they couldn't fix. Jairus, even though he had power in Jerusalem at that time and was a ruler among the Jews, even though he had all the money that he needed to spend to go to any doctor he wanted to go to, 
Um, he still couldn't get his daughter's disease fixed. And here you have the woman who had spent all she had going to every doctor, trying to find a cure. She also was in a situation she couldn't fix. Now, when both of them came to the place where they realized they couldn't fix their situation, they couldn't turn their burden into blessing, they brought it to Jesus. Now, let me say something to you folks. Many times I believe that God allows burdens in our lives of varying shapes, forms, and fashions, whatever it looks like for you. He allows that into our lives to show us that we need Him above everything else. See, many times it's not that we're not strong enough, but we don't realize how weak we are. We're not weak enough, amen? We, we try to fix things ourselves. We try to handle the situation ourselves. And many times God will give you some stuff that you can't fix to show you how much you need Him. And, and I think that's uh, certainly true right here with these two people. They came to the Lord and Jesus met their needs. So first of all, let's look at the woman and then we're going to look at Jairus. Three things that I want you to see about this woman. First of all, I want you to see her problem. Her problem was a hidden need. The Bible said she had an issue of blood. It was something that only she knew about. Now, let me ask you this, folks. Do you ever have those hidden burdens that only you know about? All of us do, don't we? Let, let me just go ahead and, and share something with you this morning that uh, just from my own testimony. One of my hidden burdens that I deal with a lot is my past. It's very hard many times for me to get over my past. Now, I know God's forgiven me. I know my family's forgiven me. I know my friends have forgiven me. But the hardest person to get forgiveness from many times is yourself. And I keep looking back at my past and thinking about all the opportunities I squandered in serving the Lord. I keep looking back and seeing that I dropped the ball in so many different ways. And many times that becomes a great burden to me. But now, maybe that's you this morning. I don't know where you are, but that, that's just me. Maybe you deal with some of the same stuff. Let me encourage you. Let me give you what God's given me. Do you realize what's under the blood is under the blood? Do you realize the Bible says, though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be washed whiter than snow? Do you realize that when I place faith in Jesus for forgiveness of my sins, that the Bible says they are forgiven once and for all? Do you realize if I confess my sins to the Lord, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness? Jesus is not holding it against you anymore if it's been put under the blood. Quit holding it against yourself. Quit holding it against yourself. Quit looking back. If you continually look back at your past, it's going to mess up your present and ruin your future. There's a reason that a car has a rear view mirror. And there's a reason that a car has a windshield. Which one's bigger? The windshield is used for driving. The rearview mirror is used for glancing back. Now it's good for us from time to time to glance back at where we were because that gives us a reason to praise the Lord. That gives us a reason to thank Him for His mercy and grace. That, that keeps us from getting too big for our britches too. And many times that happens, doesn't it? 
We sometimes forget that we used to struggle with some of the same things that others are struggling with right now. So if I can glance back, it keeps me from sitting up on my spiritual high horse. It helps me to remember I need God's grace just like everybody else does. So it's good to glance back. But when I leave this evening, I'm not going to drive home using my rearview mirror. I'm going to use my windshield. Why? Because I'm not going backwards, I'm moving forward. Folks, what's under the blood is under the blood. Move on. Move on. Don't allow your past to mess up your present and ruin your future. And so that's just one of my own hidden burdens that, that sometimes I deal with. Some of you have got some stuff too, some burdens that only you are dealing with. And you know what I'm talking about. The Lord knows what those burdens are. But uh, this woman had a hidden burden and, and we do too from, from time to time. Let me, let me say something else. This, this woman's problem was a physical problem that had spiritual ramifications. Let me share with you what I mean. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 8, look down with me to um, verse number 43. And a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years. This issue of blood that the Bible speaks of here would have made her ceremonially unclean to be able to take part in all the religious activity there in the temple. And so this woman, first of all, was, uh, folks, she was defiled under, uh, by the law. She was destitute, being lonely unto herself. She couldn't be involved with what everybody else was involved with because of her physical problem. It was affecting greatly her spiritual life. Now listen, all of this brought discouragement. She was defiled. Listen, folks, uh, she, she couldn't take part in, in the spiritual activity. And, 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 and we see that according to the Old Testament. She was destitute she was alone she was discouraged and let me say something else we know she was desperate to get uh, uh, her, her burden fixed to get her problem fixed because she'd done everything she could to fix it do you ever feel maybe like you are discouraged even depressed because of the burden that you're having to carry? I know I do from time to time. I see exactly where she's coming from. This physical problem was leading to some spiritual problems. And the same can and is true for us with the burdens that we sometimes carry around. What is in the physical can certainly hinder the spiritual. You need to see this woman's problem, but you also need to see this woman's persistence. The Bible says that the people were thronging Jesus. They were pressing in upon him. This woman could have used every excuse in the book why she shouldn't come to the Lord. I mean, she could have said, well, I mean, everybody is pressing in upon him. There's not room enough for me to, to uh, worm my way through the crowd and get to the hem of his garment. She could have said that. She could have said, well, he's already dealing with Jairus. If you get really what's happening here, in the middle of all of this going on, all of these people gathering around the Lord, Jairus comes running up, I believe, with tears in his eyes. 
wanting Jesus to come and heal his daughter. And the whole crowd hears what's happening, this lady included. So she could have said, you know, Jairus, he's a ruler. He's a very important person. Uh, he's much more important than I am. Maybe I'll just sit in the back and let Jesus deal with Jairus' problem. He could have, she could have said that. She could have said, you know what? What's the use? I mean, I've tried for 12 years. I've done everything I could possibly do to get out from under this burden that I'm carrying. What's the use? I'm just going to keep doing the best I can. She could have said that. But she didn't say any of that. She made her way through the crowd the best she could. Why? Because she knew if she could touch the Lord, she could be changed. She knew that if anybody could fix her problem, Jesus could fix her problem. So she was persistent in doing what she knew would help her situation. Now this morning... All of us can come up with all kinds of different excuses why we shouldn't come to the feet of Jesus. Hey, and I'll promise you this, if there's one thing the enemy's good at, he's good at giving you excuses why you shouldn't come to the feet of Jesus. A lot of people say, well, Brother Ezra, you just don't know where I've been and what I've done. Let me say something, you don't know where I've been and what I've done. And if God can save me, if grace has been made real to me, if forgiveness has come to me, it can come to you too. Whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, God's grace is available for you and it's more than enough. So don't use the excuse, you don't know where I've been and what I've done. Brothers, you don't know what my family's gonna say, what they're gonna do. Listen to me, folks. Get, get a hold of this. It don't matter what anybody else says about you following Jesus. It don't matter. If anybody has a problem with you turning your life over to the Lord, let me say this. It's their problem. See, those folks didn't die for you. Those folks didn't bleed for you. Those folks didn't face death, hell, and the grave for you. Jesus did. Don't worry about what someone else says. Worry about his opinion. That's what's really going to matter. I can promise you. So, so don't come up with excuses. Don't allow the enemy to put excuses in your mind why you shouldn't come to the feet of Jesus. This woman come and it changed her life forever. Once upon a time, I came to the feet of Jesus and it changed me. I'm thankful that he's done for me what I couldn't do for myself. I'm thankful he took that heavy burden I was trying to carry myself and Set me free of it. You need to see the problem of this woman, the persistence of this woman, but let me say something else. You need to see the power of Jesus. The Bible says that when she touched him in faith, healing was given to her. Jesus, if you look throughout the Gospels, healed people in many different ways. He healed blinded eyes, sometimes just by speaking the word and they were healed. Sometimes he would spit in the dirt and make clay. The Bible says the spittle put it on the people's eyes, have them go wash, and they'd be healed. Many times he would heal leprosy by touching the people. Sometimes he'd just speak in it and it would happen. Jesus does his work in people's lives differently from time to time. Amen? Now, what, what is how I'm growing in the Lord and how the Lord's working in my life may look different from how you're growing in the Lord and how the Lord's working in your life, but I can promise you this. He's ready, willing, and able to work in and through all of us.
All of us. So what's it going to take? It's going to take faith. Amen? I want you to notice something. There's a big difference in pressing upon Jesus and touching Jesus in faith. Everybody else in the crowd there that day was pressing upon Jesus. But when this woman touched him in faith, he recognized that she had touched him. See, you can be a part of the crowd and still miss out, miss out on the blessing God has for you. You can be a part of the crowd and still live under the burden that's crushing you. But I've got great news for you. If you will come to Jesus in faith, he can turn your burden into a blessing. Just like he did for this lady. There's a big difference in pressing upon the Lord and touching him in faith. There's a big difference in being in the crowd and actually coming in contact with the Savior of the world. I want you to see the woman, but I also want you to see Jairus. This week I was listening to Christian radio and I encourage you to take, to take some time and spend some time listening to Christian radio as you're in your vehicle or wherever you are. Such a great blessing to me how that many times God will give me just exactly what I need in the right time through Christian radio. Whether it's a song or a message or a testimony or whatever. And this week I was listening, me and Brother Andrew as a matter of fact, and uh, we just had church for a little bit in the truck. And, and the story that the gentleman was talking about was the story of Jairus. And he said three things that stuck with me that I want to give you this morning about Jairus. First of all, listen to me, folks. Jairus had a humble faith. He had a humble faith. The Bible says he was a ruler among the Jews. That probably meant that he was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees, who had great authority among the Jewish people politically and religiously... I mean, they were on the top rung of the social ladder. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus. As a matter of fact, the group hated Jesus. But when it came time for Jairus to get healing for his daughter, and he knew there was nothing he could do to fix his situation, to turn his burden into blessing, listen, he humbled himself and came to the Lord. I'm going to tell you what that did. That probably cost him some friends. That cost him some political power. Might have cost him some money. But Jairus humbled himself and came to the Lord. Knowing Jesus was the only one that could fix his situation. Put for, the, put for me on the screen, brothers, James chapter 4 and verse number 6. Watch this. The Bible says that he, meaning the Lord, gives more grace. How many of y'all thankful for more grace? I'm so thankful for this verse. He gives more grace, more favor. See, grace is God's undeserved favor toward me. Let me tell you why I'm glad that he gives more grace. Because as a father, I need more grace. As a husband, I need more grace. As a pastor, I need more grace. As a witness for the Lord, I need more grace. So he gives more grace, but who's he give it to? Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, 
but gives grace unto the humble. Here you have Jairus who could have been proud. He could have said, I'm a ruler in, in Israel and, and if anybody can get this done, I can get it done with my power, with my wealth. But he didn't say that. He humbled himself and came to the Lord. When you get to the place where you realize you can't fix your situation, you can't fix your troubled soul, you can't get out from under the burden you're carrying, listen, you humble yourself and come to the Lord. And it makes all the difference. He had a humble faith, but let me say something else. He had a patient faith. A patient faith. Here, everybody's in the crowd, and Jairus comes and asks the Lord to come heal his daughter. And right in the middle of it, this lady comes up, touches the hem of the, uh, of the Lord's garment. He heals her and does all of this with her in verses 43 through 48. Of Luke chapter 8. Now, I, I got to say, if I would have been Jairus, I might have been one who was saying, Lord, have you forgot about my daughter? I mean, she's in bad shape. She's not going to make it. We need you to come on. But the Bible don't give any record of that. He was willing to wait upon what God had promised. Let me say something to you, child of God. We must be willing to wait in faith on what God has promised. Amen? The book of Isaiah 40 and verse number 31 says that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Learn to wait upon the Lord. He had a humble faith, he had a patient faith, but let me say something else, he had a rejoicing faith. Let's, let's all look together. Luke chapter 8. Down to... Verse number 49, while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Now let me ask you something, mamas and daddies. What do you think J. Iris felt when he heard those words? I, I can't answer that. I've never, never lost a child. Some of you have. So you know the heartbreak that the loss of a child would cause. Now, I've never lost a child, but I've loved one. And so I can only imagine the heartbreak that came to Jairus when he heard that his daughter was dead. Verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleeps. Verse 53 said, And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. So, clinically speaking, this little girl's dead, and when Jesus said she's sleeping, they all started laughing at him. The Bible says they laughed him to scorn. L let me say one thing here before we go any further. The book of Psalms chapter 1 says, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scornful. There's going to be people who are going to laugh at the decision you make to follow Jesus. There's going to be some scorners out there, whether they be at your school or your workplace, in your family, in your circle of friends, that's going to give you a hard time and laugh you to scorn because you've chosen to place your faith in Christ. Let me say this. Don't sit with the scornful. 
Don't listen to them. Don't pay any attention to them. Don't allow them to hinder what God has done for you and is doing in you. David said, blessed is the man who don't sit with the scornful. I see the scornful people here that are laughing at Jesus when he said that she's not dead, but he gets the last laugh. Verse 53 said, And they laughed and was scorned, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Made arise. J. Vernon McGee says that this could be translated, Little lamb, arise. I love that. Little lamb, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. Now watch what it says in verse 56. And her parents were astonished. I don't, I'm not sure astonished is a big enough word. If I just got word that my daughter had died, knowing how much I love my daughter, and then I see a man speak to her, and her lifeless body begins to breathe, I'm not sure astonished is a big enough word. You're talking about some rejoicing that went on in this little girl's room. I believe there was some rejoicing that went on with this mom and daddy. With the little girl and everybody that was present. Jesus has authority over death. That's my Jesus. The greatest burden you can be under is the burden of sin. And the only way you can come out from under the weight of your sin is through faith in Christ. You placing faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin will reconcile you to God the Father, will make you right with God himself. Now, if that's you this morning and you're under that burden of sin and you're ready to uh, be set free of the bondage that you're in, the same Jesus who has set me free can and will set you free. If you're here this morning and you've already been born again, but you've you still got some burdens in your life. You know you've been saved. You know you're a child of God, but there's some stuff you're dealing with, some burdens that you're facing. Let me tell you how you go from burden to blessing. You take those burdens to the feet of Jesus. Heard of a man one time, he came in my office years ago after a Wednesday night Bible study. And he sat down in my office across the desk from me there. And man, he was just weeping, just broken. To the point that I, I couldn't even really understand what he was telling me. And I just wouldn't like this brother. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what happened. Man, I said, man, what's happening? What's, what's going on? I didn't know if uh, someone had passed away or I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if the Lord was dealing with him and needed to be saved. I didn't know what was happening. And finally, after he calmed down, he said, I lost my job today. He was broken. He was burdened. The responsibility, the weight of all that he was responsible for was just crushing him. And I could see it. He realized he was to be the provider for his family. And he didn't know how he was going to do that without a job. And it was breaking his heart. And so I talked to him for just a minute. He told me the story about what went on. and I, I, I looked at him. I said, brother, have you prayed about this? And he looked at me with, I'm talking about like deer in the headlights look. He said, no, I haven't. He said, I've done a lot of crying, but I ain't done much praying. And I said, well, let's bring this to the Lord. 
Many times I do the same thing. I'll worry. I'll work, do everything I can possibly do to fix my, fix my burden, to get out from under it. But sometimes we forget to bring it to the feet of Jesus. That's what we got to do. Some stuff just too big for us to handle. The book of 1 Peter chapter 5 says that we're to cast our care upon the Lord for He cares for us. He cares for us. Do you know He cares for you? Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever hidden burden you've got, God knows and He cares. Bring it to the feet of the Lord. Bring it to the feet of the Lord. That's what these two did. I'm inviting you to do the same thing. If you need to be saved today, I'd love to share with you what it means to trust in Jesus. If you are saved and you're just dealing with some stuff as your pastor, I'd love to pray with you. Pray about your burden, whatever it might be. Let's bring it to Him. That's your invitation. If you need the Lord in any way, He's ready, willing, and able to meet the needs you have. I can promise you. Don't leave here not doing what you know God's led you to do. Whatever it is. Thank you.